0: This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Kalstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. I think the youth can leave now, is that right? All right, let's give them a great big hand, praise God. Big old bunch of next generation warriors there. Glory to God, isn't that good? I tell you, the devil's such a liar. And you know, to give kids an opportunity to be in an environment where they can hear the word of God, Jesus said you'd know the truth and the truth would do what? It'd make you free, praise God. And you know, uh, we all have similar battles in life sometimes, you know, when we're getting beat on and we don't really know why, we know it's really not true, but we're still struggling with the whole thing. But thank God Jesus showed up. Isn't that good? And praise God, ministered to that girl and made her a new person. Praise God, isn't that good? Amen, you all awake this morning? some of you you know i don't know if you bob did you i mean was business brisk at the coffee shop or not really you didn't give them decaf did you no no decaf okay well we'll do our best here then praise the lord why don't you stand with me please let's honor the lord as we prepare to receive the word of god today thank you lord jesus Father, as we gather, as I mentioned earlier, we know that when we do so in your name, you're in our midst. And there's a purpose behind that, Father, because you desire for all of mankind to be set free. Not only that, Father God, but to enjoy the life that you came to give us. And we we honor you today, Father, as we pause to pray. And we ask, Father God, that you'd have your way in our lives, that you'd open up the eyes of our understanding, help us to see. And, Father God, I do. I thank you in advance for setting the captive free. And I thank you, Lord God, for your blessing, a divine flow of the Spirit of God in this house today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Hallelujah. Well, I'm having a little bit of a wrestling match here on the inside as to what direction I'm supposed to go. So we will uh, we'll just kind of roam around for a while, and then when we land, we'll land. How about that? Is that all right with you? Mary, you went out and uh, passed out, not tracks, but little water, water, bottles. water bottles with information on them, on with the church's name Church on them. Amen. And 60 water bottles that you handed out, what, in 15, 20 minutes? Yeah. And uh, she's down at the rodeo. Hallelujah. Amen. You know? And uh, so she went down there. She uh, she sent me a little text. She said, if I'd add 200 bottles, I'd have got rid of all of them. And so there was little information in there and different things like that. You never know where what something like that might do in a person's life. Amen. You know, they could, they could either sheepishly receive it or they may with some degree of, you know, maybe... Perceived disinterest, take it, you know, just to be nice. But you never know what happens to that thing afterwards. Are you listening to me? Because people are looking for the truth. And thank God the truth is in Jesus. Isn't that good? Praise God. So we just need to be open to his possibilities and to do the will of God these last days. And make sure, praise God, that we're about the Father's business. Because that's the only business that matters right now is to make sure that, praise God, as many as can be found, come into the knowledge of the truth and be born of the Spirit of God. Amen. Praise God. Well, listen, let's do this. We'll start with uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1. And, uh, you know, the Holy Ghost knows how to get me wherever it is I'm supposed to be going. So we'll just we'll start there, and uh, we'll see what happens. That be all right with you? Amen? Throughout the week, I've had a couple different themes or things stirring around on the inside of me. And... So I kind of would look at one, then I looked at the other one, and, and um, you know, um, yeah, it just kind of went that way. I don't know how to explain it any other way. How many of you believe today God wants to do some amazing things in your life? How many of you believe that he's not through with you yet? How many of you believe, praise God, the best is yet to come? I do, praise God, you know? Now, a lot of folk, they, they may not believe that, but I do, Amen. You know, the Bible says it's going to take the ages to come for God to show us the kindnesses that he has demonstrated and shown toward us in Christ Jesus. That's going to take a while. Amen? And so there's things to look forward to, not only in this life, but in the life that is to come. Hallelujah. And so we need to rejoice and be glad, praise God, and uh, all right, all right, all right, all right. Different... Different scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 5. Is that all right with you? You say, well, you know, I went to all that work to find Second Timothy. Yep. No. <clears throat> Deuteronomy. Now, i got to find out where I'm supposed to be going. All right, it's right here. Okay. Deuteronomy chapter 5. And um, let me preface what I'm going to share with you in this verse um, with a a few comments. Um, Deuteronomy is a book that was written um, just prior to, well, the instruction of it was given just prior to the nation of Israel going into the promised land. Now you know that 40 years prior to that, God had brought them up to the place there in the wilderness to take them in. And because of unbelief, everybody say unbelief, Unbelief. that generation missed out on the blessing of God. In other words, there was a place that God wanted to take his people. He'd, he'd, He'd set the whole thing up for Moses to lead them into the land of promise. And because of unbelief, Unpersuadableness; they did not enter into the into the things that God had for them. Now, as we understand it from a natural standpoint, it was essentially the walled cities, the strength of the people that were therein. There were giants. There were all kinds of obstacles, you know, that were standing between them and what it is that God wanted them to be able to enjoy and to move into. And so the whole generation died. Now, here we are, and Moses is at the end of his tenure. Joshua is going to, you know, pick up the reins, and he's going to be the one that's leading them in. But Joshua is giving them instructions throughout the book of Deuteronomy about, you know, God's plan for their life. And interestingly enough, in the 30th chapter of Deuteronomy, which you don't have to go to right now, You know, God just simply said, I have placed before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life so that you and your seed might live. I find it interesting. We were singing that song this morning about your children's children, your children's children. See, you you are the one who sets the pace, the tone, the direction for those that are behind you from a generational standpoint. You know, I grew up in a family where a bunch of beer drinking, you know, crazy people, you know. And so that that was the course that was set for my life until I was 19 and ran into Jesus. And as a A matter of privilege really I was able to influence the people in my family I haven't got them all yet but I was able to influence a bunch of them so that they could wind up in heaven and not in hell because that's where we were going are you with me and uh, so when when Moses was giving this instruction again at the end he said I place before you life and death blessing in other words we have a choice Everyone say, I have a choice. You you have a choice. Don't, Don't ever think for one moment that there's nothing you can do that it isn't your fault or, you know, want to go down some path where you're blaming someone else. None of that is profitable for anybody. And it doesn't change your circumstance. It just causes bitterness to become greater. Are you listening to me? Now, let me say this. Many of us have suffered at the hands of um, lots of uh, abuses and um, uh, calamities and problems and things that, that perhaps were not of our own making. I get that. I understand that. But I also understand that there is a God in heaven who is able to redeem. Did you hear me? In other words, if we place our lives within his hands, then he, and only he, is able to redeem what it is that has been lost or broken or however you want to describe it. But he needs our cooperation. And he he needs our yielding to him. Did you know God can fix anything? I mean, to tell you, he is a master at making it work. Hallelujah. But he also needs our cooperation. And I want, to, I want you to, we're going to read this scripture, and, uh, and then I want you to think about what's being said here, because, well, I've said this before, say it again. How many of you believe that the Bible is God speaking to you? Amen. How many of you believe that? The Bible, everybody say the Bible. The Bible. Is God Speaking to, Speaking to me. You know, a lot of times people say, oh, I just wish God would speak to me. Well, <laughs> you got 66 books. Why don't you start there? Amen. Amen. I want you to hear the heart of your father, those of you that are believers and children of God. Notice here in Deuteronomy chapter 5. Now, here's here again, before we read this, I, I want you to understand this. This is important that When we read this, we are not looking at it through the filter of our current circumstance or situation. You say, well, why is that important? Because sometimes the things that people find themselves living in are so overwhelming in the control of their lives and when someone comes along and says, you know, life doesn't have to be this way, it, it is, it's, it's, like, it's like a dream. It's like they can't seem to comprehend what it is that's being said. So when we read this verse of Scripture, I want you to know that this is God talking to you and telling you where you are in your situation right now what it is that His will is for you, irrespective or regardless of what it is that you find yourself to be in right now that may be of a negative nature. Because I'm telling you what, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can even ask or think because of the power of God that works within us. And the thing of it is, is that Jesus made the statement. He said this. He said, all things are possible to him that what? That what? The person who believes. So when I read this verse of Scripture, or we read this verse of Scripture, you're going to have to process what's being said, you know, in the light of, again, current circumstances or things, and you're going to make a decision based on, you know, what it is you believe. Some of you have been in circumstances chronically for a long, long time. And, you know, what the devil tells you is is that you'll never get out of this. This is your deal, and it'll never change. So get happy. Actually, he doesn't want you to be happy about anything. But <clears throat> having said that, I'm telling you, praise God, that if you have the courage that comes from the greater one that is in you, praise God. You can walk out of any mess, and I tell you what, God can turn your captivity, and he can change everything about your life. It does take courage. You know, when I was 19, I've said this before when I got saved, you know, the only thing I knew were the friends that I grew up with. It was, it was absolutely imbued within my personality, my disposition, my, my thinking, everything about it was all about these friends. And when I got saved and I got turned on to the word of God, God said, these friends will not help you. It isn't that he didn't love them. It isn't that he didn't care about them. But he also knew that if I stayed with them, I was not going to succeed as a child of God. Those, that's just a fact. You know, and you know when Paul is writing, he says, "What what companionship, fellowship, or agreement does righteousness have with unrighteousness?" In other words, you can't live with the world and live successfully as a believer. You know, in the Old Testament, God told them. he he told the Israel Israelites, "Don't don't be marrying." Uh, these foreign wives, these people that serve other gods because they will draw you away. Solomon was a great example. Here's the wisest guy in all the world that ever had been, and he did the stupidest things that you could ever imagine toward the end of his life. And his wives and concubines drew him away from God. So, when God was dealing with me about that and that I was going to have to... You know, for a lot, I say it this way, kind of, you know, however, but I had to get rid of my flaky, funky friends. Okay? And most people wouldn't think um, that that's such a big deal or a large price to pay. But if that's all you've ever known and they really are your friends and you don't want to abandon them or leave them, it is a big deal. Okay? Okay? But it's a decision that you have to make. Are you with me? You know, if I tell you that you're involved in pornography or you've got a problem with alcohol or substance abuse, and I said, if you want to get set free, you go home and you burn everything that represents any of that. You pour out all your alcohol and you flush your drugs down the toilet. Now, that may not be a big deal for a guy who's never been a drug user. But if you are, the first thing the devil will say, you're going to get rid of all that money. The thinks about the money, the stuff that is killing them, you know, and destroying their life that God wants to deliver you from, you want to hang on to because it costs you something. Well, the cost is not near as great. Listen, the cost is not near as great if you hang on to the stuff, keep using it, and whatever the case might be. God wants to set you free. Are you listening to me? But you've got choices. I've got choices. We all have choices. Amen. Hallelujah. I have set before you life, death, blessing, and cursing. Some people, you know, <clears throat> they have some personality issues, and, and uh, I call it personalities, uh, nature, uh, disposition, whatever you want to call it. And, and they say that they can't do anything about it. It's just the way I am. Well, the fact of the matter is they don't want to do anything about it. It's not that you can't. Thanks for your enthusiasm. You know, well, that's not just who I am. Well, listen to me. The Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. And old things have passed away, and all things are become new. And what's really happening in that case most of the time is that your flesh is dominating you. And you don't want to change. I'm going to go over here. Yeah. Don't tell me that things can't be different. You just got to be willing and obedient to get rid of whatever it is that's in your life. Amen. And some people don't see it that way. Well, you know, it's not that big a deal. It is a big deal. Anything that displeases God, anything that controls or binds you, anything, you know, that is, is destroying your life is a big deal, you know. I use the analogy very often, you know, if, if somehow or another, you know, your crazy neighbor that has all kinds of wild animals that they brought from Africa, the, one of them gets loose and he ends up in your front living room, and he happens to be a male, and he happens to have a lot of hair around him, and he roars a lot. You know, you're probably not going to say, eh, yeah, you know, whatever. Not a big deal. It is a big deal. You know, you could be lunch. Are you with me? Well, the same thing's true in things where our lives are concerned. Hallelujah. Yeah, thank you, Lord. So in Deuteronomy chapter 5, I'm going to read you something here. Now God's speaking to you, remember? So in spite of whatever it is that you may be thinking I got some good news. Listen to the heart of our Father in verse 29. Oh, that there were such an heart in them that they would fear me. Now, fear being in the form, what I mean by definition is reverence. Okay? That they would reverence me and keep All my commandments always, now listen, that it might be well with them and with their children for how long? Everybody that grew up with a godly mom and dad, you ought to thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God. Are you listening to me? I mean, that feared God. Because they may not have done a perfect job, but they endeavored to lead you in a path that would bring that blessing into your life. Now, here's the thing I want you to note about this verse of Scripture. It says here, oh, that they had such a heart in them that they would fear or reverence me and keep the Word of God, keep, you know, the New Testament to walk in love. And then notice this, so that it may be well with them. How many of you know this morning, Here's a, it's a simple but it's a powerful truth. God wants it to be well with you. The fact of the matter is, is that God wants it to be well with everyone. Sinners saint alike. And the reason being because of his mercy. He's not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance and receive everlasting life. God wants the best for everyone. Now, what happens when I make the statement that it may be well with you, the reason that what happens in that is, is that not everybody's circumstance is very well. Okay? They've got issues personally. Uh, maybe they got external kinds of problems that are existing. Uh, maybe they made some bad choices, all of these different kinds of things. You know, and so when you read that verse of Scripture that it may be well with you, people will say, well, that can't be true because that's not the way it is for me. But it is true. And that's the reason why I said earlier is, is that you may not be experiencing it, but I think the thing that a believer needs to do is he needs to drive a stake in the ground by this verse and say, God wants it to be well with me. We, we, we sang this morning that God is for us. Huh? Huh? And that he's with you, that he's in you, that he's on your side. It's, it's a powerful, powerful principle for you to get down on the inside of you so that you can judge what's going on in your life in the light of what it is that he said and he promised. Because this is what happens all the time. Human reasoning will encroach into your situation and say, well, if God wants it to be well with me, then how come I'm da 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 You with me? Well, there's a lot of different reasons why we have da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Sometimes it's just a simple lack of knowledge. You know, some of you didn't get saved till you were 30, 40 years old or whatever your, you know, number was. And you did a lot of dirt and everything like that because you didn't know. The, the, you know, lack of knowledge destroys people. So you come into the sheepfold and you get born of the Spirit of God and you got to unlearn a lot of things and then you have to learn a whole bunch of more new things. You didn't know you were going to become a lifelong learner when you got saved, did you? But I tell you what, praise God, this is some good stuff that'll set you free. Because he wants it to be well with you. So when you're going down the road of life and you're, you know, trying to, you know, decide, make decisions about what's going on in your life, you judge it all in the light of the fact that God, your Father, wants it to be well with you. And if it isn't well with you, if things aren't going the right way, then we need to find out why and we need to do something about it. Amen. Did you hear me? I said you have to do something about it, not God. Sometimes there's changes and adjustments that we need to make in our lives, you know, in order for us to eat the good of the land. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. But if you're refusing to uh, rebel, you'll be devoured by the sword. I like eating the good of the land. It requires me to be obedient. It requires me to have to repent. It It requires me to have to change. It requires me to have to do things differently. I have to treat people the way God would want me to treat them, even though I don't want to. You say, pastors don't want to? No, no. I'd say most of them, they're they're about like you. They don't want to. But if you want God's best in your life, you better make the right decision, and you better respond the right way, or you won't be doing what you're doing. Okay? I didn't say it was easy. I just said, this is the way it works. Are you with me? Like, again, as I appeal to my teenage years, you know, when he said, you gotta, you got you to gotta get rid of them. Well, they dropped me like a bad habit because I got religion. No, I didn't get religion. I got a relationship with Jesus Christ. And for the first time in my life, I knew he was real. You know, Christ, God the Father and Christ, it, it, it's not... Um, <clears throat> It's real. God created the earth and the fullness thereof. He's the one that brought all of this into existence. I just tell my, you know, my wife and I, we were, I don't know, getting ready, doing supper, or maybe cleaning up the dishes or whatever, you know, and, uh, and I know this is a simple thing, but, you know, sometimes you got to appreciate the simple things. I, you know, I think I'm doing dishes or she's drying. I don't know what the deal was, but I said, you know, aren't our hands amazing? You think about not having hands and what that would be like for you. The Bible says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And by the way, you did not evolve from other, some other species that's got a lot of hair on him. Are you listening to me? You were created in the image of God, and in the image of God created he them, male and female. Okay? Okay. And um, so I just said, you know, our hand, they're, they're amazing, the, the capabilities of what it is that your hands enable you to be able to do. And that, that would be true with many of the bodily functions of our body. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. It's amazing. Only God could do that. You think about the blood that courses its way through your body and how it is that he created our bodies with all of the things that are in them in order to fight off disease and sickness and all of these different things in order for you to be able to have health in your body. It's a God thing. Amen. And it's a wonderful thing. How many of you are still glad you came? So we're talking about so that it might be well with you. God wants it to be well with you. Amen. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, you, you know, let's have it that way. And if we got to make some changes, then we make some changes. Amen? Sometimes you have to be diligent about things. Uh-oh. <laughs> I was talking to this one guy, you know, and I, I had just met him. We were talking. He says, well, he says, you know, by and large, he says, I, I'm retired, and I'm just pretty much lazy. Well, at least he's being honest, you know. But I tell you what, my Bible in the book of Proverbs, it talks about those lazy folk. It doesn't turn out so good for them. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Well, you know, why is it that people find themselves to be lazy? Because they're dominated by their flesh. Are there things that we don't want to (laughs) do? Absolutely. Huh? How many of you wanted to stay in bed this morning? Okay, don't raise your hand. Just <laughs> you, you, you get the point. But see, we are the ones that are in control of where we're going in our destinies and how things are going to be. Huh? Not, not somebody else. Hallelujah. I remember I was working in a packing plant years and years ago. Uh, see, I don't even know if I was saved. No. Let's see. No, yeah, I was saved then. I got saved. Uh, Anyway, I'm working in this packing plant, and the union steward uh, for our department was always bugging me about becoming, you know, a part of the union. Well, they basically wanted 20 bucks a month out of my paycheck. And at that time, dude, 20 bucks was a big deal for me, and I wasn't real excited about giving to somebody some entity. So anyway, he kept pressuring me, and, you know, they gang up on me, and they wanted me this and that and the other and whatever. Finally, I just told him, I said, look, I don't need you to keep my job. If I'm not doing the work that I'm supposed to be doing, you know, because that was part of the whole argument you know, you get in trouble, we'll help you out. I don't need no help. I don't need no help. If I do my job, that will be my help, you know. And, and 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 that is an attitude, a prevailing attitude today. You know where people, you know their expectations are. Somebody else owes them a living. Somebody else is going to take care of them. Somebody. No, that's not true. You are going to become a slave. Is what you're going to do. That's exactly what it's intended for. Control. And so you just have to say, no, I don't need that. I can I can I can get along by myself. Hallelujah. That's the way God created you. Amen. Amen. Everybody say, I can do it. Yeah. And I'm not saying that we don't need help. Don't mistake what it is that I'm saying, but I'm saying that God has enabled you and empowered you to be able to care for yourself and do what it is that needs to be done. Hallelujah. And that in so doing, you set a course for your life so that the blessing of God can come upon you and overtake you. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? You know, and the thing about it is, is that, well, this is a whole other part of it, but, you know, when we're doing what we need to do in our lives, we're really setting ourselves up and positioning ourselves for something greater and something better. Did you know that? And the thing about it is, is while we're doing how many of you find this? You know, there there are things that... Can and need to be done and should be done. And when we do them, even though we don't feel like doing them, when we're doing them, there, there's a positioning that's taken place so that when something comes along and opportunity knocks at the door, you're ready. Okay? Case in point, having a savings account. When we first got saved, nobody had a savings account. We spent. Spend, spend, the Lord shall send. Hallelujah. He's coming in 1988. We don't need to save nothing. Forget about all that. You know, Jesus is coming again. You know, so dumb, but yet people are gullible. Are you listening to me? But you know, if, if, I, uh, if I save money, then what that does is it positions me to be able to buy things without debt. It also positions me to be able to take advantage of opportunities that I otherwise can't take advantage because I, you know, he said he'd bless. I don't know why we didn't read the scripture. The Bible says he'd bless your storehouse is. So guess what? You can have one more than, more than one storehouse. Okay? You know? Be, be as smart as a squirrel. Man, I mean, have some holes. Bury some stuff. You know what? No, don't bury it. You know what I'm saying? You know? So that when the opportunity comes, you can. I was talking to an individual who's probably 10 years my senior, and he was talking about during the Depression, and I, didn't, I knew nothing about that. He, um, but uh, he would have just been coming out. But he talked about his, it was either his father or his grandfather. But when all of that occurred, um, either his father or his grandfather, I don't remember which one it was, was buying brand new cars when other people didn't have two nickels to be able to uh, rub together because he had positioned himself to be able to have something. And so he's buying cars, you know, cheap, brand new cars, nice cars, because he had the wherewithal to be able to do it. Are you listening to me? And so that's why it's important for us, you know, uh, to think in these terms, huh? You know, and why? Because God wants it to be well with you. Are you with me? My wife and I very often will come into opportunities where we find someone that has a need. And, you know, so if we got a hundred dollar bill or, you know, whatever it is, it could be more than that or whatever. But when we recognize the need, isn't it great to be able to say, you know what? I want to do something about that. You know, well, if you if you don't have it, you can't do it. And here's the reason why I bring this up is, is because the devil has sold the church a bill of goods about God's desires for you to prosper and for it to be well with you. When it's well with you, then you have the ability to be able to help other people. Are you listening? You know, we read the scripture all the time. It's more blessed to give than to, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Thanks for helping me out there. The reason it's good is because you got it, huh? Because you can be a blessing to someone else. Are you with me? But if you ain't got it, you can't do it. My wife, a few years back, I I remember where she was. I think she was in Walmart, and this gal came up, and she had a, a cart full of food, and she couldn't did she couldn't pay for it. Is that what the deal was? You know, I mean, it was full. So I don't know what she, her thoughts were, I mean, what her intent was. Maybe she had a card she was going to try to use. didn't work. And I'm telling you what, this girl, a younger gal, I think she was a mother, but she was in tears and, I mean, embarrassed and all of these. She couldn't buy the food. And Joan just happened to be in, you know, behind her and said, uh, what's, what's, you know, you hate to barge in, but it's kind of like, well, what's going on here? And, you know, the teller says, well, she didn't have the money or whatever the case might be. And Joan just says, I'll, I'll pay for it, you know. And so she, I don't, I don't remember how the rest of it all turned out, but she bought the gal the, the grocery uh, cart full of food. You can't do that if you don't have it. That's why I, I get disgusted, if that's the best way I can describe it, when people start coming against the message of God's desire, uh, the prosperity message. And I'm not talking about consuming it on your own lusts. I'm not talking about, you know, just... Um, um, I, I don't know how to explain that. I'm not talking about that, you know. Uh, I'm just talking about your ability to have things so that you can help somebody. Are you with me? God's not opposed to having things; He's opposed to things having you. And the thing about it is, is that you, you know, you get yourself positioned. And I believe that God wants to do that for every person, every couple, every individual in this church. So that when opportunity comes, praise God, you got the wherewithal to be able to do it. When we went to uh, South Pacific, you know, they didn't have any tools in the South Pacific. They had a few, but they were quite expensive and all this. And that's why we shipped10,000 dollars worth of tools over there before we showed up. Are you listening to me? But if we didn't have the 10 grand, guess what? We ain't buying no tools. Huh? And I don't know how much it was. Yodi, how much did it cost you guys a piece to go over there? Was it a couple thousand? Yeah. You know, it might have been 2200 or how much was it? Did you go? You didn't no. go on that trip. No. It doesn't matter. But, you know, the thing about it is, is to pay the 2200 and to be gone for, we well, gone gone 10 days because there's only so many flights in and out of there, you know. Be gone 10 days without being able to work and all of these. Things. You can't do that if you're not positioned to be able to do it. And I believe that God wants... You to be the head and not the tail. To be the above only and not beneath. Are you listening to me? You know, when it comes to promotions and things of that nature and the businesses that you may be working for or whatever, you might as well be the boss. But you're not going to be the boss if you don't do the work. You know? Are you, are you with me? I think about Noah over here. Noah, where would you start before you went to Target? Target? Dairy Queen. Dairy Queen. Then you went to, what was that other place? Um, I think it was, I think I just went from Dairy Queen to Target. No, but didn't you work at, uh, where's that place? You buy all kinds of junk? Hobby Lobby. Hobby, Lobby? Hobby Lobby. I still work there. You still work there? Yeah, I work there. Did you go to Target? I Were went you? to Dairy Queen, Target, then Hobby Oh, okay. I just got everything backed up. That's all right. But I've watched Noah, and you know what? He showed up to work. He did his job. He found out what other people were doing, and if they needed it, he did that. And he did this, and he did that, he did this, and he did that. Amen. Now, at Hobby Lobby, <laughs> don't you manage one of the departments or something? What's your title? Just the front end. Manager. Front end. <laughs> Not the rear end. <laughs> the front end manager. Glory to God. Amen. But that didn't just happen. <laughs> huh? It's the way it works. Yeah. Oh, no, I just want a handout. I want a title. I want a whatever. Well, you're in the wrong spot, dude. That's all I can tell you. People like that, they have, you know, little or no experience. They don't know how to manage people. They don't know and, and we got a lot of people that are in those places, dude, and they're just making a wreck out of things. But I tell you what, God will promote you. Huh? You know, Joseph, he went from the prison to the palace in one day. Huh? God gave him the ability to interpret a dream, and it changed his life forever. Can God do that for you? Absolutely. But I don't believe that Joseph would have had that happen to him had he not done all the things that led up to that. Are you with me? You know, because, I mean, there were a lot of opportunities for him to be offended. Are you kidding me? His family sells him off as a slave. You know, instead of getting bitter, he got better. He said, I don't know where I'm going, but God's got a plan for my life. And he ends up in Egypt, ends up in Potiphar's house. You know, Potiphar's wife propositions him. He says, no, I don't think I want to do that at all. And where does it get him? In prison. In prison. Now, you know, the thing about it is, is here's a guy that does good and gets rewarded with evil. But you know what? That guy got in there. He got in prison. He said, well, might as well make the most of it. I, this is where I'm at. I'm going to bloom where I'm planted. He started cleaning that place up. The Bible says that the captain of the guard or the prison or the whatever put him in charge of everything. That doesn't just happen. That's because a guy is willing Am in the right house? This, this message is just like somewhere else, okay? Has absolutely nothing to do with what I was going to talk about, Mary. But it's good anyway. Amen. And the reason I say that is, is because, you know, we're living in a world right now that seems so hopeless. We are not without hope. We are actually prisoners of hope. And we have hope in God. And that's what you need to keep your eyes on and keep looking at when it comes to whatever it is that you're doing. And so this guy, he's in prison. You talk about a hopeless situation, you know. But sure enough, you know, the butler and the baker and how that all worked out. And, you know, and he interpreted their dreams, says, by golly, you're going to live and uh, it's not going to be so good for you. Well, the one that lived, he says, remember me. He forgot him. He spends another two years in prison, you know. And then the king has a dream. The guy goes, Hey, 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 there was a cat down there in the prison. You know, remember when you threw me in? It wasn't my deal, but you know what? Well, he's down there and he interprets dreams. Bring him up here. So Joseph, you know, gets himself all cleaned up. He's going to see the king. Hallelujah. Changed everything. The king had enough sense to know that if this guy had this ability and he was this smart, who else would there be to make prime minister over this mess and get ready for this famine that's coming but him? not that awesome? What do you suppose it was like when he was made prime minister, second only to, you know, uh, the king or the pharaoh or whatever his title was, when they sat down for one of their, you know, dinners or whatever, you know, the high-ranking officials. And down the road there are ways on the left-hand side, about 10 seats, is Potiphar and his wife sitting there. And Joseph is up here. I will guarantee you that girl was shaking in her boots because he had the ability at that point in his life, well, to take hers because she, she, she um, wrongfully sent him to prison. Now, I don't know. The Bible doesn't say what he did. Maybe he didn't do nothing. Maybe she was gone by then. Most squirrels never last very long. You know what I'm saying. So anyway, what do you suppose it was like for Joseph um, when his brother showed up? You're the clowns that sold me off into slavery. It's payback time. But he didn't do that, did he? Huh? It takes character to live a godly life. It takes character to do the right things. It takes character to make the right kinds of choices. Huh? To not render evil for evil. You know, here's something I want to caution you with. You know, we've been talking for the last two weeks about fear and how it is without question, the device that the devil is using, you know, to incarcerate people. Now, here's another one for you, and you need to get a grip on this, child of God and it's called hate, okay? Because it is being absolutely perpetuated through our culture right now. And hate is a device of the devil. And the people that are perpetrating it, that are proliferating it, are instruments of hell. Are you listening to me? They don't know it, but they are. Are you with me? And the thing of it is is that It's destroying their life, and they intend to destroy others with it. So, before you keep listening to whatever and want to throw something at the TV or at someone, maybe we need to tone that down a little bit and not watch that anymore. Are you with me? Because it's what it's in, it's it's what it's designed to do. It's like a, um. It's like it's like leaven. It's like yeast. It's it's something that is that the devil is endeavoring to sow or seed into culture to get people to fight one another so they'll destroy one another. Are you with me? Now, that doesn't mean you, stand, you don't stand up for principle. Don't, don't, don't mismatch. You, you get what I'm saying, don't you? Yeah. Okay. All right. And pray because we're in a situation now with our government entities, administrations that are, that are making every attempt to lock down the country again. And it's from hell. And there's no good science behind any of it. Did you hear me? There's none. They're trying to do the very same thing that they did the last time around. And if they can do it, you have to understand it's not about COVID. COVID is nothing. It's an instrument for the end game, which is to destroy this country. Because this country is the only country that represents the kingdom of heaven in the sense of its proliferation of the gospel in all the world. Why do they always talk about, you know, uh, Christians, white people, And um, um, uh, religious people. And then they they go into the whole Trumper deal. Because we're enemies. Are you with me? You know? And so that's where they attack. But I can tell you this much about it. Listen, trust me. The chickens are going to come home to roost. And there's a whole bunch of folk that are going to get recompensed. And it is not going to be pretty. So that's why we take it up with our father and say, Father, you know, he said, stand still and see the salvation of God because the battle is not yours. Now, we have our part to play. If you have kids in your school systems and whatever the case might be, you need to go to those board members and you say, you are not locking this place down. Don't let them do it. Well, our hands are tied. No, they're not. It's a bunch of baloney. You know, if you need to, let's go talk to the governor of the state of Iowa. She's on our side. She's in our corner. Let's go figure out what it is that needs to happen here and put a stop to this nonsense. Think with me for just a moment. Last go around. Remember, you know, when we had people that were um, dying from, um, well, they said COVID. Anybody that died, it was COVID, you know. And they got up to the Half million mark, 500,000 people, all right? So when you do the math with me for just a moment, but you know, uh, half a million people of 100 million is how many percent? Five percent, okay? So there's 330, 40, 50,000. Let's just say 400 for the sake of simplicity. I don't know if there is or not. It sounds like a lot of them are coming across the border, so maybe there is about 400 million people. 400 million people, and a half a million people pass away. Well, I don't know what the percentage of that is, but it's probably less than 2%, right? Well, you're going to have that many deaths no matter what happens. Are you with me? So why am I sharing this with you? I'm sharing it with you simply because what we are being told is not true. Are you listening to me? And so much, you know, of what happened the last go around, you know, and, and I'm not, listen, I'm not minimizing, you know, um, um, the real threat or anything of that nature as far as the virus and things like that's concerned. But still, 98% of the people that contract it live and come out of it. And even more so now, I think, you know, because at least we know what we're wrestling with. So my whole point to saying that is I don't want to get political or anything of that nature, but I do want parents to stand up and talk about what it is that they want. And people are doing it. Thank God. I mean, some, some parents, that one woman, she's, I, I read the article, it says, game on. I thought, I like that. Yeah. Praise God, that, that girl's got some spunk. I don't know who she is. She's in one of the, it's up in like Rhode Island or Yeah, somewhere in the east, and baby, she's suing him. She's going for it. Hallelujah. you got to stand up. Just say, no, enough's enough. Bunch of nonsense. Are you with me? And again, I'm not saying that you shouldn't, you know, take care of yourself and all of that. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying that don't let people lead you down a path that you don't want to go down. Okay so that it may be well with you. God wants it to be well with you. And the way that it becomes well with you is what? When you fear him and you obey what it is that he says. You know, Paul echoed this, and I'll close. Paul echoed this. He said this. He said, he said uh, children, obey your parents and the Lord, because it's right. Honor your father and your mother. And it says, with that comes a promise. You know, a lot of kids, they're not, they're not respecting their parents. And I'm telling you what, dude, it ain't going to be well with them. Hell's going to show up because you reap what you sow. So it says, it says that when you honor your mom and dad, there is with that a promise. And here's the promise, that it may be well with you and that you might live long on the earth. Now, a lot of folk, they don't believe that. They just think, well, you know, I'm my own person. I can do what I want, whatever the case might be. Well, you should believe it because it's exactly the way it goes. Everybody say, I believe the Bible. I believe his living word. And I'm going to obey him. I'm going to revere him. And I'm going to walk in the light of him. And I tell you what, praise God, he'll take up for you. He'll fight your battles. He'll turn your captivity. He'll bless the work of your hand. He'll cause you to be the head, not the tail. You can be above only and not beneath. You can be the one, praise God, who's handing out the blessings. Are you listening to me? Y'all want to do that? I, I sure do. Glory to God, I sure do. I just seen Matt and Julie Beamer. We support them. They're in Lebanon. Remember when they had, uh, what was it that happened over there? Was there an earthquake? Huh? It was an explosion, wasn't it? And so they went to work right away helping these people. And, uh, and uh, the statistic, you know what I'll do? If I remember next, next week on Sunday, I'll bring some of the newsletters and tell you or show you some of the things that the people we support all over the world are doing. It is amazing what it is that's going on all over the world. Uh, and praise God, we have a part of that. And uh, so I'll share some of those things with you, and you'll be blessed. You really, really will be blessed. Praise God. Tim and, and Rhonda Rogers down in Mexico, good things are going on down there. Uh, like I said, in Samoa, things are going well. Lots of different places in the world that we are involved in that uh, God is doing some amazing things. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, anyway, let's, I tell you what, let's stand, everybody. Let's pray. That's a little different today, but it was all right. I think it was all right. (laughs) I'm going to go home and eat, you know. That's all I know. (laughs) Praise God. Heavenly Father, thank you this morning again for our being able to come and join together and to hear, Father, the plan and purpose you have for us as we walk in the light of your word. Father, help those that are here today if somehow or another they question your willingness to recognize, Father God, that you desire that it be well with them and that they live long on the earth. I thank you, Father God, for your saving grace. I thank you, Father, that you are the one who keeps us, that you are our refuge, and that you're an ever-present help in the time of trouble. So I thank you, Lord God, for ministering to those that are here today. And that, Father God, by your grace and your power, that you will help them to make the kinds of decisions they need to make and to do the things they need to do. And not only that, Father God, but they are going to be people that believe you, that trust you. Just like Jehoshaphat encouraged his people to believe in the Lord your God, that you may prosper and believe his prophets. Glory to God, and you'll be established. So we just thank you, Father, for your blessing in every life here today. I pray, Father, for those within the sound of my voice, those that may be watching or listening uh, via the internet, that God, they'd be encouraged where their lives are concerned, that they would stir themselves up, hallelujah, to do the things, Father, you would have them to do that your grace would rest upon them in power. And so, Father God, I thank you for your grace, your blessing, yes, to help them move in the direction that you would have them to. And we just thank you, Father God, for your amazing grace in every life. Father God, thank you, because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We thank you for that, in Jesus' name, amen.